It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, with the return of Georgia's pre-K program to our return to in-person visits to child care programs, there's a lot happening this week here at DECAL. So much, in fact, that we're going to try to post this ASAP because the conditions and the situations always changing. And Commissioner, we thought we would use this opportunity to catch up with you and maybe take a few questions from our social media accounts. Uh, sounds great. I will do my best to answer those questions. Uh, as you mentioned, things change minute by minute. So it could be dated by the time we post this podcast. Who knows? I know. We're hoping, fingers crossed, that uh, we can get this out there and, and folks can benefit from it because there's a, a lot going on, obviously. And first and foremost, uh, we had planned on returning to our decal offices in Atlanta, our headquarters uh, this month back to five days a week, but the rise in COVID cases, the Delta variant uh, has kind of changed those plans. It has. We had to change, uh, you know, pretty quickly. And, you know, we put a lot of work and thought into our back to the office plan, which was supposed to begin August 2nd. Um, And we really thought we were doing it the right way. And then honestly, the Delta variant really changed everything. And while I'm no public health expert, I've tried to read as much as I possibly can and talk to folks that are experts in this field. And they all tell me that if you can delay, you know, delay until we see what the Delta variant really means for everyone. They they all agree that it's definitely more transmissible. Um, And so we had to err on the side of caution to make sure we can keep our employees safe. And we're talking also not only about reopening the offices, that's on hold. Now, we continue to operate like we have uh, for the past 17 months virtually. Uh, And then our office since June of 2020 has been open on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're going to continue that as well. Yeah, I think that's what we'll do um, for now. Uh, We will continue with our Tuesday, Thursday. We do need to be open to the public. We don't have that many walk-in visitors, but um, just... If someone does need to come and drop something off at our office, uh, we want to make sure we're open to that. So we'll return to, or I guess we will continue on our Tuesday, Thursday schedule with a very skeleton crew. So there aren't that many folks in the office. Um, So that's what we'll do for now. And we'll continue to monitor the situation. Yeah. I know you and I have both been back to the office and uh, we've met with our executive cabinet uh, uh, at our offices. There's a lot of space there now. And you can definitely do social distancing pretty easily. Yes, absolutely. And a lot less people uh, going that were going to be there anyway. And so, yeah, we can definitely social distance and, and wear a mask. Now, you actually have had an opportunity to speak with Dr. Toomey, um, who has led this COVID-19 effort along with uh, Governor Kemp for the past 17 months. So what, uh, what is she saying right now? You know, Dr. Toomey has been so gracious in, you know, trying to help all of us and state government figure things out for our offices and our agencies and our staff. And, um, you know, I try not to bother her too much, but um, I did reach out to her and just to get her opinion on what to do in the Delta variant. And, and she, you know, she affirmed everything that I had read that the Delta variant is just very different than the COVID that we were dealing with a year ago. And so, um, and it's, it's much more transmissible, um, even if you're vaccinated, which is so disappointing to me because, um, I'm vaccinated, my whole family's vaccinated, and now to hear that 
and you can still get it and you can still spread it. You probably won't be as sick and you probably won't have to go to the hospital, which is really good news. Um, so still get vaccinated. And she still believes that is um, the key to stopping the spread of the Delta variant is to get more folks vaccinated. And, you know, part of the decision was, you know, we visit, we had planned to visit um, childcare programs, which have very young children, which don't have a vaccine eligible to them. And so we just couldn't put our staff at risk or those children at risk that don't have the option of a vaccine at this point, because even though the old, I think they call it the ancestral COVID uh, is what they're calling the COVID a year ago. Um, you know, the data was pretty clear that young children didn't have severe complications. And now that seems to be changing with the Delta variant. So we've just got to learn a little bit more about it and err on the side of caution and just delay our in-person visits and our office reopening five days a week right now. And I don't know if you had a chance to speak with her specifically on this, but there's been a lot of talk about vaccinations for children 12 and under a group um, not eligible at this point. Any update on that at all? I did not have a chance to ask her about that. She has in the past, we have talked about that, um, but not recently. And, and she had been estimating fall at some point. Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics has, has said fall as well. So I, I think those smart scientists are working as fast as they can. Um, but I think that will be a game changer for us and really for everyone with small children that don't have the option of being vaccinated right now. Right. Um, wanted to point this out just as far as our change in plans for August 2nd. We had talked about our childcare services consultants being back in programs August 2nd, kind of promoted that on social media. That's not going to happen for now. That is right. That is also going to be um, delayed. You know, that is that is the foundational to what DECAL does to make sure that children are in healthy and safe childcare programs that are licensed by DECAL. And so obviously, we do that with in-person visits, which occur um, twice a year unannounced, um, just to check, check to make sure things are in order, uh, make any, you know, have programs make any corrections they need to make. We've had to do that virtually for the last 17 months, which has worked well, but uh, it's not the same as being in person doing, you know, in-person visits. However, given the Delta variant and cases are rising and all the numbers are rising at this point, uh, we decided to delay that as well, um, just to keep our staff safe and definitely keep, you know, the staff and the children that are at these childcare programs safe as well. We didn't want to want to put any risk out there. So we will we will continue our in our virtual visits um, to continue to make sure that we're monitoring these programs. I know you're encouraging our team to be vaccinated if they haven't already and to wear a mask where uh, necessary inside buildings and uh, where the um, where the virus is um, not doing so well, or, or probably, I guess you have to say the virus is doing quite well, <laughs> and we're not doing so well because of that. But to use both the vaccination and the mask as needed. What are you hearing on our employees receiving the vaccination? I know we took a survey. Right, we did a survey of all our employees back in May, and of course, it was completely optional and confidential if they, um, you know, revealed to us their vaccination status. Um, but 62% of the staff uh, had received at least one dose when we had uh, done the survey back in May. So I'm assuming that um, we might be hovering above uh, the statewide average, which I think is around 40% of individuals having received, you know, both doses are being fully vaccinated. So, you know, I continue to encourage DECAL staff to go ahead and get vaccinated. I know there are some that can't for whatever reasons, um, but over and over again, from everyone that I've talked to and CDC and Experts um, that I know and don't know, they keep saying, you know, the vaccination and right now they're rec recommending that we wear masks, even if we're vaccinated. Um, that's what we need to do. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And I encourage everyone to do the same. 
we had about an 85% response rate on that survey also, which is good. So we're proud of our team. And again, it's, um, it's completely voluntary, no mandated uh, vaccinations within our agency uh, here at DECAL. But um, if you haven't had it, and maybe the initial resistance was the availability, you can walk into just about anywhere now um, that, where you wouldn't ordinarily even expect vaccinations <laughs> to be offered and you can get one. Yeah, absolutely. They're everywhere. You don't have to, you know, get on a wait list or call a hundred times to get someone to answer the phone. Um, you can go pretty much anywhere and they will uh, put a shot in your arm. Uh, so they're very, very available to anyone that's ready. All right. Um, while we're speaking about CCS um, and the consultants not being in programs, what about, uh, we're going to talk more about pre-K in a minute. This is a big week as uh, pre-K is back and uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But what about our uh, pre-K specialist? I, I hear from Susan Adams that that team is ready and willing. They want to get out there and help the teachers and assistant teachers that do such an outstanding job with this program. Yeah, our pre-K specialists are awesome. And yeah, they are ready to go. And they were excited that they were going to get to return to uh, in-person visits to their pre-K classrooms to do just that, to support the teachers and the assistant teachers. You know, we held off last year um, doing that and they did all of that virtually. They still supported them, but obviously virtually. And then we had planned, of course, August 2nd, um, they would begin visiting those classrooms again. But now we're, we're delaying that as well. So all of that's on hold. Um, our pre-K specialists will continue to support teachers and assistant teachers. It just will not be in the classroom. They will be doing that virtually. So teachers will be supported. I know our specialists are disappointed, as am I, because they really, really do a great job of supporting these teachers. And I really think the teachers actually like to have their support in the classroom. I, I haven't uh, ever encountered a specialist and a teacher that didn't really just like each other and really you know, value each other and the support that they give to each other. And so I know they're disappointed, but you know, those four and five-year-olds can't be vaccinated either. And so right now we're going to hold off on that and our pre-K specialists will continue to do those uh, visits virtually. Right. Um, yeah, I bumped into one of our specialists at the office last week, and she was so excited about getting back out there. And so I, I pictured, uh, pictured her when your email went out on a Sunday night that we we're not going to we're going to have to put that on hold. But um, we love the enthusiasm. And uh, most importantly, we want them to be uh, safe and healthy through all of this. Kids, teachers, specialists, everybody uh, that's involved. Well, when we do return to the office, hopefully later this year, uh, several decal units are now designated as home-based, including CAPS, finance, nutrition, professional development, and certain staff in both IT and legal. It, this is a pretty sizable number of folks that were reporting into the Atlanta headquarters that will now be home-based. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we took some time to really evaluate, you know, the last 17 months and our staff have been, you know, working remotely and thank goodness for technology. Uh, we haven't missed a beat in any of that. And so, you know, we really thought this could be an incentive to our staff to be able to work from home, you know, 100% of the time. And so um, at that point, I would say pre-COVID, we had over 300 people that were headquarters based in the Twin Towers in Atlanta, um, now 164 of them are permanently home-based. Um, of course, you know, we already had staff that were considered mobile, you know, our CCS consultants, our pre-K specialists, all of those folks that were 
visiting programs on a routine basis. They were already considered mobile, already working from their home, located across the state. But right now, uh, 75% of our staff are home-based, and we only have 25% that will report uh, to the Twin Towers when we get back to our new normal. And the good thing about this 25% is um, they have the option of teleworking a lot more than we offered before. And so um, those individuals have the option, depending on their job responsibilities and the needs um, that we have to make sure we meet um, our requirements up to three days a week. So we hope that that flexibility will be good for everyone when we do get back to normal. Um, you know, we heard from the survey that, you know, they didn't like all the commute time and they thought they were more productive at home. And so uh, we really looked at all that information when we made these decisions. And so I think our plan was really great. Uh, and uh, I think we were going to be really safe until the Delta variant hit. But I'm really happy that we're able to offer this flexibility to really all of our employees at this point. Great thing about this plan is that uh, when we do return, because of those flexible schedules and home-based employees, folks are going to have a lot of legroom uh, on, oh, yeah. uh, on the decal flight going forward. There's plenty of legroom, room to walk around and uh, space. It's going to look a lot different when we get back. You know, we gave up about 15,000 square feet in the agricultural building where, you know, CAPS was. Now they're moving over to the Twin Towers. But because of schedules and telework options, yeah, you'll never see, you know, um, over, you won't see that many people in the office at one time. So there's going to be lots of opportunity for social distancing um, for sure. It's going to yeah. be a safe place when we get back. Totally utilizing the technology. Um, don't think for a minute that your consultant, your specialist, your contacts at Decal aren't going to be available. They're probably more available now than ever, thanks to uh, technology. We've issued laptops and uh, iPhones and all kinds of things uh, to make sure that they can do really their jobs from anywhere. But now three categories of employees, as we mentioned, we've got headquarters-based uh, we've got home-based, and then we have mobile. And um, uh, if you have a favorite at Decal, you might want to check with them this week. Hey, what are you? What are you now? What's going on? Um, all right. Well, it's August, and most Georgia school systems and child care programs are starting back with Georgia's pre-K program uh, this week and next. And we're hoping for in-person classes this year. Yep, that's our plan. And that's what we um, have set to go is all in-person Georgia pre-K. You know, last year we did have some options available, whether it was in-person or hybrid or completely virtual. Uh, but this year, only option is in-person. Obviously, <laughs> things may change. But right now we're sticking to um, let's do it in-person. We think it's so important, especially for these really young children, you know, four years old, to really be in-person with their with other classmates and students and their teachers um, and so that's how we're starting. Pre-K's already started. And of course, we'll continue to monitor it. And if we have to make temporary changes, we certainly can do that. But right now, we are really, really encouraging um, in-person Georgia Pre-K because we know there's a huge benefit to that. Let me ask you this, because I know we're getting a little feedback on our social media pages uh, about this issue. You've got uh, Pre-K classes in both public schools and private centers. We're telling the private centers that there is no mask mandate. It's up to them as to whether or not they uh, have their students and, and others, their staff wearing masks. But we got a lot of public schools that are mandating masks. Um, what's our advice to those parents of pre-K kids in public schools? So they should definitely follow what their public schools are doing. Yeah, you're right. Um, public schools are doing a little bit of everything. And I've seen them start changing, um, you know, from optional to mandatory. 
um, right before they've gone back. So if you were in a Georgia pre-K class in a public school, um, I would definitely say you've got to follow what your public school is doing. That would be, um, that would be my best advice on that. And then, you know, for everyone, for, you know, Georgia pre-K and centers and public school, and even just for childcare programs that are serving, you know, younger children, you're right. There is no mask mandate, for, but from the very beginning, we have really tried to follow the CDC guidance and their guidance is very clear. They strongly encourage masks uh, in childcare programs. And so that's what we're doing. We are strongly encouraging it, but we also recognize that these are private businesses and they need to make those decisions for themselves, but we are strongly encouraging mask, but there is no requirement at this time. And what about the rights of custodial parents um, as it relates to going into a child care program? So um, our licensing rules require that parents have access to the building anytime their child is there. Now we did make a temporary change to that with the governor's executive order um, where we did not allow uh, parents in the building just to kind of control the spread at the height of everything, those executive orders are no longer valid. And so parents uh, need to be allowed into uh, the building or even the classroom when their child is present. Now, I know there's a lot of angst from our child care providers because they've worked so hard to make sure they control any spread of COVID. Um, and I completely get that. And so it doesn't mean, you know, you have to let, you know, the entire family in to go pick up um, their little two-year-old or whoever it may be. Um, you can definitely limit it to the custodial parent. Uh, you can definitely require that uh, that parent wear a mask. You can do any other type of screening that, he, that you want to, but you need to let parents uh, in the building. And, and it's good for parents to have that relationship with the teachers and see what's going on in the classroom. And so, but you can limit it to custodial and definitely, you know, encourage masks and even maybe a temperature check if, if you can put that into the routine. Right. That's completely up to the program. As we often remind folks, these are private businesses that operate as child care centers, family child care learning homes. Uh, and it's up to them, uh, like any business in Georgia, to determine what is best for their customers and uh, the families that they serve. Uh, Pam Stevens, our Deputy Commissioner of Child Care Services, had some good advice. And I think we might have passed this along early on in COVID, and that is to have a designated person uh, who will drop your child off each day. That's probably still some pretty good advice, even under these circumstances. I think that's really good advice because um, then you can control, you know, um, the spread if there is a potential case. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're trying to give advice while also trying to make sure that programs follow the rules that we have set forth. And so um, you can definitely do, you know, just one person um, if that works for families. Sometimes that can be hard. And so you know, I really, really just encourage parents and programs to just have open lines of communication on why they're doing it um, and the reasons behind it and how they can be flexible and, and what precautions they have in place. Because I think everyone wants to remain safe. They just need to have that open line of communication. We've got pre-K specialists hoping to return to in-person visits soon. Quality Rated uh, will continue to use their temporary alternative rating option or TARO uh, with plans to resume on-site visits, I think maybe in the spring. Right. So uh, we're continuing our virtual rating option, which is tarot through the end of this calendar year. And then we had planned and I think we'll still be OK to resume these on-site visits in April. Uh, and we're doing that really because our assessors will need to become reliable again on the tools in which we use to rate programs. And so that will give them some time to, to become reliable so that we make sure we're making the best decision when we give out these ratings. You know, we've heard a lot lately about Georgia child care programs facing staffing challenges, um, like many 
businesses right now uh, around the country uh, facing some serious staffing needs and trying to get employees, uh, trying to get interviews to begin with. There's some signing bonuses with some of these businesses that are unprecedented. What can DECAL really do, though, about that? What can we do to help Georgia child care facing uh, any type of staffing challenges? You know, that's a that's kind of a tough one for decal in, in regular times. And staffing is always an issue in child care. And we recognize that um, it's definitely worse during uh, the pandemic. I don't think I've ever seen so many help wanted signs just in every business that I pass just driving down the, the street. It's so it's definitely a challenge for a lot of businesses, but definitely for child care. So we're, we're hearing about that, which which is unfortunate. The good thing is um, we do have a large amount of federal money that uh, we will be sending out and have already sent out about $165 million uh, to childcare programs and what we call our stable payments, which these are um, grants that are go directly to childcare programs and they can spend them in a many, many different ways. It's very flexible, but they can use those to increase their rates that they pay um, to their employees to help you know, recruit and retain. That's, that's definitely their option. You know, we do have more money that will be going out the door and we're making those plans now. So I think these additional federal dollars that we'll be sending out will help. Um, we've got about $1.6 billion that um, is still left on the table that we are planning for now. So we can announce how exactly that those dollars will go out. But a big portion of that, $900 million, will go out in stable payments again. And so um, there is financial relief on the way for programs uh, to try to address this issue with their workforce. I think the challenge is we've got to figure out how we can sustain this because this is uh, one-time money that will go away in the, either in 2023 or 2024, uh, depending on the pot of money and how it was appropriated to the states. And so um, we've got a hard task of trying to work with programs and figure out how we can help them, you know, ongoing, how they can start planning for um, higher wages for their staff so they won't continue to have these issues. But that's a huge problem. It's not, and it's not unique to Georgia. It's, we're hearing that, you know, across the country, unfortunately. Yeah. Another way uh, we're helping is paying the full cost of child care for CAPS families. That's no family copay or differential through October 2022. Right. So, you know, our CAPS program uh, is for families with low incomes. And we know many people have been impacted financially by the pandemic, you know, either a loss in job hours, maybe another job that doesn't pay as much. And so, and we know childcare is a big financial uh, burden for many families. And so the good news is we're using some of these federal dollars to help these families that may have been impacted financially. And so we're paying the full cost of their childcare through October of 2022. And we hope that will, that will help them um, through the next over a year um, get back on track. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully things will improve between now yeah. and then. Yes. That's kind of the idea give you a little runway there, as they say, um, with uh, paying for child care. So good news from uh, CAPS. Earlier this year, you and Governor Kemp approved $1,000 power supplemental payments for all child care employees. And uh, I know there's been a lot of interest in this. How are those payments coming along? You know, they are coming along. We are well within uh, the process. Thank goodness it took us a while. Um, you know, to get things up and running. And we are still processing payments, um, but we've issued over 28000 so far, far. So that would equate to about $28 million already out the door to teachers. Um, I've seen some pictures that have been post posted on social media where the teachers have gotten that check and 
whatever they're doing with it. I think it's great. And so um, we're really excited about that. And it's just, you know, just a, something small to recognize childcare teachers and staff um, who have worked all throughout the pandemic. And we've still, we're still continuing to process and make sure we've got everything in place for their application. But so far, you know, over $20 million has gone out the door to these teachers. So that's great. But um, more to come on that and still processing, still working as fast as we possibly can to get those checks off the door. Yeah, that's good news. Uh, I was looking at some numbers there, and I think that's close to 85% uh, of folks that have received their payment already. So slowly but surely, we're getting to everybody. Um, That's not a firm number because applications are still being processed and we're figuring all that out. But um, good news that uh, the payments are being received. And I love seeing these photos uh, on our social media with people getting their payments and, and uh, making their own signs. Even we got the power and all that kind of stuff. So that's great. Um, And uh, if you by any chance have not received your power payment, the advice from our team is to, and this is common sometimes with email communication, check your spam or junk mail file to make sure that you didn't get it and just not know about it. Or if you have a problem of any kind with your application that you're wanting to check, you can uh, contact us uh, for more information and we will uh, take a look at that. But for the most part, we feel like all of the um, all of the kinks have sort of been worked out of that early on system and things are, are going well. Um, got some breaking news here to share with our listeners today that's not COVID related for a change. This is something... Uh, that's pretty exciting. DECAL and the Georgia Foundation for Early Care and Learning are announcing applications for the inaugural 2021-2022 Georgia's Early Childhood Educators of the Year program. This is a new initiative that recognizes outstanding early education teachers of children birth to preschool with an infant teacher of the year teaching children birth to 18 months toddler teacher of the year, and that's 15 to 36 months, and then preschool teacher of the year, 36 to 48 months. This is similar to our Georgia's pre-K program, Teachers of the Year. Yes, we are modeling it after our uh, Georgia Pre-K Teacher of the Year program, which I think we're on our sixth or seventh year um, with that, where we um, named two winners. And it's really been um, a great program over the last several years where we're able to recognize two of the best pre-K teachers in the state and they serve as our ambassadors and they get cash for themselves and for their classroom. And it's just a chance to recognize the importance of them. And so we've been able to do that. And now we're modeling this um, early childhood educators of the year program, and we didn't want to leave anybody out. And so We'll have an infant, a toddler, and a preschool. And so we are really excited about this. Uh, we will get more information out so that teachers all across the state um, apply so that we have a great application pool and can uh, pick the best of the best and really promote how important they are in providing that solid foundation for young children. So very, very excited about this. And it's all privately funded um, through a donor, through our Foundation for Early Care and Learning. And so it's it's just a great opportunity and something positive for us to do uh, amidst everything that's going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to hear more about that. We're going to have Carrie Ashby and Thea Stevens from our team on a podcast here in the next week or so uh, to uh, go more in depth on the program. But look for the application starting uh, this week, we think, uh, on our website. That's decal.ga.gov and then also the Georgia Foundation for Early Care and Learning 
website. Well, Commissioner, I think that's all the questions that we garnered off of our social media and from the hot topics that are going on. But they tell us in these days, you really need to ask your teammates and coworkers this question. So I'll ask it of you. How you doing? <laughs> you know, I can't complain. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing just fine. And uh, the family's healthy. Uh, you know, it gets a little stressful when, when you think you're going one way and you feel real good about it. And then the CDC comes out with something completely different. Um, but that's okay. I think we just got to get used to it at this point. So, uh, you know, everything's fine personally. And I think decal is doing an amazing job and we'll continue to do an amazing job. It's just going to look a little bit different for a little while longer, um, but not forever. And so um, thank goodness for technology and for a really dedicated team at decal. And I guess we would add to that, just continue to follow us on social media, check our website for the latest information. I know uh, that our CCS team is meeting with the Department of Public Health to update the guidance uh, for child care programs because things are changing. But because they're changing so quickly, that's a little bit of a challenge. So be patient and uh, we'll get the latest information to you via our website and social media. Of course, if you ever have any questions, just drop us a line uh, at decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. We'll try to get back to you as quickly as possible. Commissioner, thanks for uh, bringing us up to date. Anytime, Reg. Now your questions from the water cooler. Good afternoon. Hi, my name is Amir. I work in the IT division here in Twin Towers. Uh, my question for Commissioner Jacobs is, do you prefer in-person meetings or virtual meetings? All right. Thank you very much. Well, hey, Amir, and thank you so much for that question. So um, I am so thankful that we're able to continue to do our work virtually. And we've had a lot of virtual meetings over the last 17 months, which have all been just fine. And we've got the job done. But I do prefer in-person meetings. Um, I think there's just something about um, that human personal interaction you get to have with your colleagues. Um, I think, I think better. Um, I think it's, it's just better all around. Um, but until we can do that safely, we will continue using our amazing technology and do it virtually. But um, I do prefer in-person meetings. I love that question came from Amir because yeah. he is such a nice guy <laughs> and so helpful in a virtual format. I think, and what I love about him, he always, and I don't know if he does this intentionally, he leaves enough time for me to solve all the problems of the world. We talk about <laughs> anything and everything, but our whole team has just been phenomenal. Uh, but we have to say thanks to IT. They have really been the glue that's held this together. They absolutely have. They stepped up really quickly at the beginning of all this to make sure we all had the right equipment so we could work from home. They were very patient with us as we learned how to do virtual meetings because it's funny to look back, Reg. I'm sure you remember we were all crammed in that one room, you know, yeah. for hours and hours and hours, no social distancing, no mask. And Dennis, you know, our CIA was like, we could use Skype. And we were like, what? What's we that? Use it. What's Skype? <laughs> no, Skype doesn't even exist anymore. And so it's just crazy to think that we were all so new to that. But thank goodness um, that we have the technology that we do. And it's really pretty simple um, to use. And everybody's used to it now. So, um, and I have to say, our whole IT team has been amazing. Um, I can't say kudos enough to everyone on the IT team. How many times do you think they get a, uh, a concern, something reported in, and it ends up being 
operator error? How, oh, how oh, often? Probably ninety-nine percent. You know, we should ask. We should ask him to track that from now on. <laughs> is there a code for that that's not insulting? Like maybe it's just <laughs> OE. You know, when we think it's something else, but I can't imagine that not being the case. But, but they never you. tell you that. They're so nice about it. like, oh, no problem. It happens to everyone. Smile on their face, service with a smile, but you know in their heads, they're thinking, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, yeah. And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. You could win a prize from Chick-fil-A, Fun Spot America, Georgia Lottery, Gwinnett Stripers, The School Box, Six Flags Over Georgia, Stone Mountain Park, Skyline Park at Pont City Market, Wild Animal Safari in Pine Mountain, or Wild Adventures Theme Park in Valdosta. Here's the question. You may, you may have to go back and re-listen. How many decal employees will continue to be mobile? How many decal employees will continue to be mobile or mobile, as some people say. Send your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers and give you the prize. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.